sitting I'm on the background singer, and you're just singing the melody. Okay. Babysitting. That's what we do. We sit on babies. We date boys and we sit on babies. Is there boy dating? Oh, yes. Welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot, the podcast where we revisit things from your childhood and crush any lingering hopes that you had that they were any good. My name is Damon. This is my partner, not life partner, but... Former domestic partner, DJ. Former platonic domestic partner, DJ. And today we will be looking back on the Babysitter's Club, BSC, as it were. Something near and dear to little boys' hearts everywhere. I think so. Especially little boys who were desperately trying to make sure that the world interpreted the mess straight. I really wanted to read The Babysitter's Club. Just to get, you know, in on the ground floor of being straight. You wanted to make sure you read this book. I will say this, though. When we posted on our Facebook page about any uh, fans out there who had any memories about The Babysitter's Club or any recommendations on uh, books from the Babysitter's Club series, our Facebook lit up, as it were, sir. Yeah, this is, we are trying, Damon and I are legitimately trying to not make this a only boys podcast. We Sausage want, fest. We want we <laughs> want you to, uh, the, the ladies out there, or or boys who read Babysitter's Club and, and gender, quote, you know, like the quote in quote girl things, yeah. you know, that maybe we didn't experience as much growing up. I want to make sure that we revisit those as well. So we're going to talk about the Babysitter's Club. We have four books. Yes. That Based Damon found for like a, just a song. I think, <laughs> no, literally, actually, I didn't even have to sing the song. The store sang the song to me. It was weird. And I was like, it's fine. You can just give me the book. It's cool. I'll pay you money for that. Uh, based on the recommendations of our readers, I picked up uh, Christie's Great Idea, which is the first in the series, uh, The Truth About Stacy. I assume she's a convicted felon. I read the book uh, that uh, Janine Garofalo stars in based on this that came <laughs> The later. truth about... They changed Stacy to cats and dogs, yeah. so it eventually became the truth about cat and dog. Right. Um, and I have uh, the mystery at the zoo. Mm. And, and Claudia's phone or something Claudia, like that? Whoa, fuck. We Klondike. already forgot. Klondike <laughs> bar. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Is this is Claudia's Claudia phone. Claudia and the phantom phone That's calls. what it is, yeah. So, Which I believe is number two in the series. Okay, so we got some early, so we got some deep, well, not deep cuts, but they early, are edition. early editions. Yeah. So any of the late Babysitters Clubs that take place in space, you Johnny like come lately's with the your reboots <laughs> where everyone's dead or whatever, get out of here. We're just going to be focusing on original recipe. You got Marianne, Kate. And Claudia. Oh. Whoa, you know stuff. Well, they're all in the titles of the books. Sure. Stacy, for Katie, example. Kath- Katie or Kathy? Ka- Christy. Christy. <laughs> None of the above. <laughs> Christy. Uh, uh, Ann M. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Another popular stalwart of the Babysitter's Club, Ann M. Martin. <laughs> Marianne and the Mystery at the Zoo is the name of the Marianne, one. Okay. The one I have. Um, and that one's a mystery one. Like that one specifically, the Babysitters Club mystery. So I don't know what's oh, okay. that, that. now. A few of our fans talked about uh, super savers, the super, or super specials. times, yeah, super specials, 
which I, I said, is this so like the Avengers of the Babysitter's yeah, those, Club? Those are the one-offs where they do, like, it's in a separate universe, and that actually right. doesn't affect the mythology of right, the, the exactly. timeline. Yeah. Right, You can just focus on those separately if you want to. Yeah. And that's the one where, where Clark Kent's dad is still alive. Right, But in the yeah. regular mythos. The ultraverse, they call yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. And then they had the Crisis of Infinite Earths, so where they all the Babysitter's back Clubs came back together. <laughs> Because um, after all, Crypto the dog, what is that? Let's kill him fuck off. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, he babysits kids like no other, though. Yeah. Well, dogs are um, good. They're loyal. So as you can probably tell, if you are a fan of the Babysitter's Club, we didn't read these books as children. I have no idea. The only thing I know about the Babysitter's Club is... Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead, which is not related other than it has a babysitter. <laughs> it has a babysitter in it. But I watched the shit out of that movie, which we should watch sure. uh, as adults too. Um, um, I don't know anything about this. I did interpret them as girl things. And the only thing I do remember is the the block lettering of the covers. I know my sister had some of these. Okay. Um, so I don't know that she read them <laughs> even uh, or that she enjoyed them or anything but i know that they were you know they were targeted at her she's you know four years older than me so it would have been like perfect timing and perfect age and she babysat you know like all that stuff mm-hmm. um babysitting anecdote uh yes. one this is a terrible story please uh but i'll keep it brief uh though i'd have a the limited baby died well uh i have <laughs> oh, a limited no. no no it's not that bad um i have a limited uh i had a limited run as a babysitter and uh mm-hmm. most of it was related to freelancing not in a club well it was mostly hey go with your sister to babysit because <laughs> you're not staying home um so i yeah we were on our way to go my sister would have been uh 17 yeah 17 and i was 13 and we were on the way to uh, babysit my cousins, uh, and they lived about an hour away. And uh, on the way, we got in a giant car wreck. Uh, oh my god! My sister uh, uh, just kind of uh, like slipped off this. There was like a high shoulder, and she slipped off. And then we kind of swerved, and then we flipped several times. Flipped and landed on the driver's side. We were both fine. We were like uh, we had like bruised. Uh, but the baby wasn't in the car. No the baby was being sat. No babies were harmed in the making of this terrible story. Uh, we were not. We were on our way there. We hadn't started. Oh, basically. I see. Um, so and then the baby we had to, just alone, not just waiting. What's going on? That's how we did. The, the parents were like, "I'm sure she'll be here soon. We'll be here Let's soon." Uh, towels are on the roof. Um, so they just leave the baby there, wait for the babysitter to come. Uh, no, so that's the, like the only babysitting story that I have. That's a horrible story. I mean, we not were. horrible in its telling, but horrible yeah. in its events. I could have done better as well. Well, that's true. I mean, you weren't. I mean, it would be plus. Yeah, I was trying to keep it, you know, suspenseful but brief. So. Right. Uh, I have. Here's a. Here's a. No, that's not true. I have babysat children. They were sleeping children. Uh, I didn't drug them. If okay. That's okay. Cool. <laughs> um, but my neighbor, uh, my parents' neighbor now, um, she came over one summer and she was going to the store and she said, hold on real quick. Your parents live in the same spot, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. So currently my parents' neighbor, <laughs> formerly my neighbor. I thought maybe um, they moved to where your parents live. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird. Um, she, uh, she had to run out to the grocery store. She had three children. She didn't want to pack them all up. So she said, no, that's neighbor. Fair. She didn't know her name and she was a uh, Jordanian. So she had a, oh. she had a, a very heavy accent. So she would come over, and she also didn't know my name, so she referred to me by the title Neighbor. Neighbor. Um, and she said, Neighbor, uh, can you come over and watch my children? They're asleep. I just need you to be there. I'll be back in 20 minutes. Yeah. An hour and 20 minutes later, I'm watching Disney's Hercules, because those are the only DVDs available in the house. 
The children wake up. James and Wood's it's like best a fucking, work. It's like a horror movie. I just hear like footsteps above me. <laughs> are they like and running? Had, tap, 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 tap. They're not running. Yeah, well, they are like running back and forth. And she had told me, I will be back before they wake up. Yes. I'll be back. No in, further I'll instructions. I'll be back in 20 minutes. So don't worry about it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, they're awake. Oh my God. <laughs> the footsteps are near the stairs. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then I like peer around the the wall of the den where I was watching Disney's Hercules, Tate Donovan as Hercules. And I appear around and I see a little girl around six years old peering on the opposite side of the wall. <laughs> and I duck back and she ducks back and then I never see the children again. And then the mom came home and I assume all the children survived. <laughs> That's what, you know, she's still telling that story. The one time the I white our, devil was in my house. I had, I had our effeminate neighbor come by. <laughs> uh, she's a very sweet woman, Linda. Sorry, Linda. Oh, you caught her name. Oh yeah, I know her name because I remember names. Like, she has been introduced to me 6,000 times. I am still neighbor number three to her. <laughs> neighbor number one, Harry Xanthopoulos. Neighbor number two, Phyllis Xanthopoulos. Neighbor number three. Well. One time also. You uh, got Linda, a nice spot on the order chart there. That's right. Suck it, Jason Xanthopoulos. I'm number three. <laughs> uh, me and neighbor number four, Jason Xanthopoulos, once were out on the porch smoking, as we were wont Ooh. to do back in the day. And she, Bad influences. She peered out the front door of her house and she said, neighbor. And we were like, yes. And she said, did you get the cake? And we're like, <laughs> we start looking around like, cake, what cake? And she's like, I left you a cake on the side of the house. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we'll check. I go over to the side of the house, which mind you is grass. There is lawn There's there. no door. <laughs> There's a paper plate covered loosely in tinfoil. Inside are two pieces of carrot cake, or I should say one and a half pieces of carrot cake, because one of our cats has eaten oh, no. one of the pieces. <laughs> I'm like, thank you so much. I put them both Garbage. in the fridge. <laughs> no, actually, this is a weird thing. I eat the one piece that has not been tainted. Just ants and all? There were no ants, Okay, but the other piece had obviously been eaten by a cat. Yeah. So I ate the piece that hadn't been eaten by the cat. Save the other piece in the fridge. My mom, and then I think I go to hang out with kids, my friends, you know. Not you, were also, kids. you were also a kid. I was also a kid. <laughs> Clarify, please. I was also a kid. I come home and tell my mom, oh, there's this funny story where Linda left a piece, two pieces of carrot cake by the side of the house. And she's like, oh, was that the carrot cake I ate? And I'm like, oh, that was half eaten by a cat. <laughs> And they lick like, their own anus. And she's like, why the fuck did you put it in and the And then fridge? she started violently vomiting. Well, I've never seen my mom since. And licking her own palm. That's weird. weird. Yeah, she actually, if you eat the food a cat eats, you become a cat. That is science. That's just a rule of science. That is science. So, uh, in a way, that's how I related to the Babysitter's Club. So, if you want to <laughs> read along with us, we're uh, going yes. to take, take a break here to read the books. Uh, yeah. just, just pause the podcast while through. you're reading. <laughs> But we'll be reading number book number one. Yep, Christie's great idea. You've got them close. Book to you. number two, which was the uh, zoo one, Claudia no? and the Phantom, Claudia and the Phantom phone calls. Uh, number three, which is the truth about Stacy. Stacy's different, and it's harder on her than anyone knows. Oh my god! Oh, that sounds serious. Um, <laughs> Everyone, my friend Bethany, uh, who was also a big Babysitters Club fan, she was like, "Can I just tell you 
what happens to Stacy. And I was she like, gets her no, period. No, I don't want you. I, my first guess was she gets her period, and she's like, no. Okay. And I'm like, okay. No, then. <laughs> well, I, I ran through every gamut of twists. I'm like, she's dead the whole time. <laughs> she's like, no, just let me tell you. I'm like, I don't want you to spoil Stacey's it. Stacy's a sled. And also, <laughs> the trees killed Stacy. <laughs> is that right? Stacy is Darth Vader's daughter. No. So we're going to take some time to read all four of these books. Uh, probably, I don't know, six months. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's been six months now since I announced on our Facebook page yeah, it really has, that we will be doing it. So it'll be great that. that well, you had to, you months. had to go get the books. You picked them up and uh, that's true. Yeah. I had to find these damn books. So, um, if you'd like to read along with us, those are the four we're going to be doing. Uh, what's the fourth one? The mystery of the zoo, right? Yeah. And then Mary Ann and Mary Ann and the mystery of the zoo. Um, so yeah, you can pause the podcast or just listen to the rest of the podcast. Do what you want. That's what I do. I'm not here to boss you what you're doing. We're giving you the option here. So, uh, come on back in a little bit and join us. Having read the books. Har ye, har ye, as Kristen Thomas, I will call this meeting of the Your Inner Child is an Idiot Club to order. Uh, as you know, we meet for half okay. an hour in someone's bedroom and people call in, but we also need people to pay dues, which is where the patrons come in. Uh, I stole that and uh, yeah. if you're if you're if you want to pay dues to uh, the Babysitters Club slash Your Inner Child is an Idiot Club, you can do so by going to Your Inner Child is an wait patron dot Patreon dot com slash Your Inner Child is an Idiot. You can go to Your Inner Child is an Idiot dot com too. You have a three hundred one redirect. It makes yeah. perfect sense. Um, and yeah. uh, you know yeah. you can join one of our tiers. We'd welcome that. As the secretary, treasurer, <laughs> and tech director of and sometimes page, of. Uh, you're in a child's an idiot club and cater. <laughs> I did rent a popcorn that machine. Sounds for like you're show, catering so. to my needs primarily. Patreon.com slash you're in a child's an idiot. Wait, why don't we Perfect. just say you're in a child's an idiot.com? Um, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> so, okay, so. We read these books, but let me let me confess something. Please, to you, I want listener. you to. Not to you. DJ, I want you to. Damon, you are. It's been weighing on my back so long that I need yeah. you to confess this for me. So, okay, listener. Uh, we started this project <laughs> of reading four children's books <laughs> in a tween, reasonable amount tween of time. books. Young adult, one might say. Yes. Okay. Not young adult. This is. <laughs> they don't have pictures. This though, is in clearly them, except marketed. for that one about Stacy that had pictures at the end. This is marketed for the sixth grade reading level, and we all know it. <laughs> we started this in 2015, year of our Lord. You'll you may know that that is one year into our tenure as as a podcast. As of this recording, it is now 20. 20. 20. That meaning that it took us five years 
to read these. Now books, there's been a lot happening we, in those five years. So you've got coronavirus. You've got um, protests in the streets. Racism, racism started. Racism began and was ended within those five years. Uh, you um, you've got the the Trump inauguration. That's something that probably sapped a lot of my time because I was helping you know set it up. And, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of a folding, lot of folding a chairs. Lot. You got every living president and then like some other guys, you know, it's just a lot. And all those little banners, uh, they're like red, white, and Henry blue. Kissinger has to be uh, there. And he's a war criminal and he takes up two seats. <sighs> they most, they mostly are. Um, <laughs> they're all war criminals. Let's be honest. Um, so if you hear maybe a little bit more, um, Youthful tone, uh, exhaustion, oh. exhaustion in our voices. Now, uh, you hear we're a little bit more world weary, um, mostly yeah, because had, the world I've is had a two shit kids show. since that we recorded that first part. <laughs> I wanted to say, like, um, I, 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 there's part of me that imagines like my voice cracking on on the previous <laughs> on the previous third hey of the show. Oh well, uh, so I think we're reading the truth about Stacy. <laughs> So I, I took a bullet for the team and I listened to the intro and I thought it was fine. We told some babies, some stories about babysitting and we're not going to remember exactly what we said. So if we refer to something or repeat ourselves, uh, I'm I really just want to say, I'm, I'm uh, I haven't, I, as you've hinted at, I haven't listened to the beginning of this episode. And I also want to say, Damon has never heard his I own voice. I will never listen to the beginning of this episode or any episode. <laughs> I don't know what my voice sounds like. If you record me, it just sounds like a white fog. It's gorgeous. <laughs> the dulcet baritone stylings of Damon Xanthopoulos. It's like, uh, what's that? Peter and the Wolf? Like the... Wait, that might have been the Lost Woods from Legend of Zelda, but it's along the same lines of Peter and the Wolf. <laughs> it's very similar. Yeah. Uh, I think actually I um, heard a video of me laughing uh, recently when I was recording a video of my cat, which I am wont to do. Um, and I was so put off that I uh, didn't speak for the rest of the day. Oh, come on. It's a shrill... Uh, uh, Shrill town tone. It's a shrill tone. Tens of people listening right now. Just <laughs> that adore I, your first voice. off, I appreciate your overestimate of the listenership. <laughs> <laughs> you know that you know that like okay. there's not not an insignificant number of people like, oh, I like I like movies from my childhood. Maybe I'll give this podcast a try. And they turn it on, they're like, oh, absolutely not. They hear my voice and like, no, no. <laughs> I'm not a homophobe, but I can't listen to that guy's voice. I can't listen to that guy. You kidding me? Um, well, for those of you who stuck around, we're going to start talking about this. So to recap, we list, we basically, we both took two books from the babysitters club, read them, then traded the books and then read for the a total books. of four. Books. Uh, the, the issue being in 2015, I read my two books, and Damon just never read. You know, his, it's not important which is who why... didn't read what or who <laughs> let DJ down. It's not important to throw accusations around. Any one of us could have let you down. You could have let you down. You could have let, let you down. It's really hard to tell. Who among us haven't given up on a book written by Anne M. Martin? <laughs> 
on the scholastic label, you know? Um, <laughs> so we read, we read, basically you, you went to the used bookstore here in town and you basically bought the first three, which is Christie's great idea. Uh, the truth about, or no, the Claudia and the phantom yeah. phone calls, which is a kind of a proto mystery, but it's but just not part of the, of the mystery spinoff series to be clear. Yeah. yeah and then, uh, the truth about Stacy, and then mystery number twenty, which is uh, Marianne and the the uh, zoo mystery. It's it's as, as straightforward as possible. Marianne and the zoo fucking mystery. Yeah, there it is. Um, so just to give a little recap for for those of you who are listening but didn't read these books, which is admirable of you. It's um, admirable that they didn't read books. Anti-book. No, they didn't DJ read these books, in strong. but they're still listening no, okay, to us. I got, it, I got, it, I got it. it. Like every second that we talk, we're narrowing down the audience. That, I, that's how um, I think. I think of it as like an hourglass, and I'm just watching those grains of sand. <laughs> but can an hourglass just have, you know, a dozen grains of sand in it? Is it really useful then? <laughs> um, so basically... Uh, Anne Martin, the the author, uh, the original author of these books, she it seems like she worked at this publishing company was and was like, you know what would make some money if we wrote about babysitting, and so she did, and then she wrote like thirty five books, and then kind of handed it off, and now and then other people started writing it, and she she continued to write other things, but she was just kind of over it, which uh, fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, after a while, so, if you've, if any author has written 35 books, kudos to them. I feel like yeah. that's in order. Like you don't have to have written 200 babysitters club books. 35 is fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do th like, these are, we have to give them their due that these are not just about, having a story that's about something that's interesting to, to kids like babysitting that are maybe you're getting into your tween years, your teen years and babysitting is something you're doing, but it's also like about reading. You right. know what I mean? It's, it's helping, uh, shape form. So we're aware of that. These are children's books. Um, I think, I mean, they, yeah, they I mean, we watch plenty of children's movies on this. We don't have to explain yes. the concept of children's books. <laughs> Well, I just don't want to like uh I don't want anyone to be too scared of the Muppets. They're actually just guys with their hands <laughs> in a felt <laughs> being. It's not anything to be scared about. Christy's great idea. Oh, yeah. So you want to so, start there? Yeah, you want to recap, Christy? Do you want to trade off and recap these? I think let's go book by oh, book. Oh god. Um <laughs> I wasn't counting on help. that. Let's talk about Christy's great a good idea. Why don't you recap what happens in Christy's great idea? Something I noticed too, this is fun. Uh because I have notes from the first two books from when I first read it. And basically what I did was literally recap the Good. whole thing. Useful. But I didn't do that now because I just literally have like notes. So I have two sets of notes uh, showing you how my notes have evolved over the years. <laughs> For, <laughs> I used to be a lot more of a copious note taker, apparently. Uh, then it was just stream of consciousness at the end. So Christy, Christy is the narrator of this book and she, uh, she creates basically a fucking phone tree. Um, <laughs> Babysitter's Club is a group of friends. It's Christy, Marianne, Claudia, and the new girl, Stacy. Stacy moved into town from. New She's got York a lot of mystery City. about her. I don't care for that. 
Mm. Well, and she's uh, she's got a secret. <laughs> We're going to find out a little bit more about that. She all babysit. They're all good babysitters, and they decide to form a club so that it's easier for parents to call one number, and they're going to get a babysitter because they all four meet together. Right, because um, sometimes they, Christy noticed the issue of like sometimes parents are, you know, if one girl's busy, they're just calling around like crazy. It's it's uh, there's a yeah, a market there is what Christy realized. Bananas. And she realized that greed is good, and she tapped into that market, yeah. and she bled them. Oh, dry. Capitalism, baby. And uh, you know they they have a couple of uh, false starts. Their first clients, Pinky and Buffy, turn out to be dogs. That's hilarious. First off, that's not in the guidelines. They, they're not going to dox it. So each each experience they have helps them form a more perfect babysitter's club. Um, they even get to swap around. Stacy and babysitting David Michael, who's Christy's little brother. Um, Marianne watches Watson's kids, which are uh, Christy's mom's boyfriend. <sighs> yeah. She doesn't like him very much at first, but she warms to him over time. <laughs> <laughs> Christy's into it. Um, there's something fishy going around Stacy. Don't though. like it. Don't uh, like girls named Stacy. Don't like them. Is it an eating disorder? She pretends she's out of town, but the other girls find out she's not. Also, Marianne and Claudia both, they can't go to the planned pizza party. Shit's getting yeah. weird. Um, man, I wish I had this detailed of a recap of the other books. because I No, you're, do, you're doing great. Books. What I like about it is that it's thorough and it's, uh, covering up the fact that I have very few notes. But I'll tell you. But I tell. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> is this a type five on Christie's great idea? But I tell you, is anyone here from Stony Brook? Anyone? <laughs> but I tell you, uh, Karen and Andrew, her <laughs> Watson's kids, uh, they they bond with yeah. Christie over their divorced parents. Got a little hot eyes. It's great. Um, Christie warms up to the idea that uh, she might have a new family. You know, uh, but Christie at some point she's getting tired of 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 Stacy's shakes here and she confronts her about lying about being yeah. in new york and and things get real claudia and stacy who are much closer friends she defends her they attack marianne it's blissville but don't worry bsc reassembles they come like back to the together. avengers they shit over that they have a slum they have a slumber party much like the avengers well <laughs> we find out the secret stacy has diabetes but the the girls understand. They are cool about it, and she feels better. My end. favorite line from that last part was when Stacy said, "You guys don't care," and Christy says, "Of course we care, but we still." I can't remember the phrasing, but it was very touching. Oh, good one! It was very touching <laughs> when she said, "Of course we care, but we 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 don't mind. It's not going to change how we think about you." It was very touching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll get we'll get more into. Stacy's uh, situation in book three, which is the truth about Stacy's. It's diabetes. And then I was disappointed to find out that in Christie's great idea, it's laid like that is the mystery of right. Christie's great idea is that Stacy has diabetes. So going into this, into the truth about Stacy, I was like, what the fuck more is there to learn? She's got diabetes. I'm not going to spoil it, but there is more to learn. There's lots so more much learn, more. Damon. Um, so how do you feel? So I, I, I want to say this because I feel like it's kind of important the way we both came at these books. Like you said, we both had two books and then we swapped halfway through. You had the first, 
you had you had the Christie's great idea and then the truth about Stacy. And I had yeah. Claudia and the Phantom phone calls and I had the zoo mystery. I started with the yeah. zoo mystery because I'm not gonna lie, I love a mystery. Um so yeah. I started with that. Ooh, one. You fast forwarded to the end Which of the was movie. Probably a as big mistake characters. because I one of the, yeah. the the tenets of the this book series is that like chapter two, much like the Lord of the Rings, is devoted to the history of the Babysitters Club, um, where you have to unpack. It's all exposition, and you have to unpack everyone's relationship to each other. Now, when you're reading book, when you're reading books one, two, and three, that's not that big of a lift. When you're reading yeah. the twentieth book in the uh, subset series Mystery. of the main series, that's when it gets. It turns into Genesis chapter five, where it's like, and Jesse begat Matt, who knew sign language and taught her that. It's like you turned on Passions <laughs> twenty years in, and then you're like, why don't I've I get this? Backwards. And it's like, well, why is there a living doll? Um, yeah, so I was just like, wow, are all these books like this where I just have to unpack everything? I will say the earlier books aren't as bad, but I was still surprised because Christie's Great Idea was the third book I read in this series, and there was still a huge amount of exposition in the second and third chapters that I had to unpack where she basically just goes regimentally like through each girl. Like, here's this girl, here's this girl, yeah. here's this girl. And I was like, all right, Christy, back off. And then it's like, here's this kid I babysit, here's this kid I babysit. Um... Yeah, it's basically like a formula each book, at least the ones that we read, where it's like kind of establish a little bit and then list of names. <laughs> I mean, the, the last is one is the worst of them because by, yes. by at that point, there's so many it ancillary babysitters. There's so many honorary members. There's so many kids to keep track of that they're actually babysitting that I, by like chapter 13, I realized I have no fucking idea who any of these people are. But Christy's great idea, to come back to it, is um, mm -hmm. it's funny to read it third because because of all that exposition dumps in uh, the mystery book, I already kind of knew what happened in this book because this book mm. overall is kind of just like the the uh, the genesis of the idea of the Babysitter's Club. And then kind of just a great idea. Well, I don't like to put judgment on it, but the title seems to be forcing me in that direction. Uh, it is, I guess, a quote-unquote great idea footnote. Um, wow. <laughs> but in this, I knew that she has a good... By 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 mystery book 20, she has a good relationship with Watson. So I already kind of knew that. And yeah. uh, I knew that in mystery book 20, I already knew that Stacy was out of the group, which is not really something that's covered in the other three books. So I already had this like seed of an idea that never really gets explored in the other three books I read. Um, yeah. There's a book called, I think Stacy versus. Yes. Club. I feel like we missed out on, I'm living for that there. drama. I'll tell you that I want, I want the tea <laughs> to be spilled. Dot, 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 hunty, etc. Basically, she got yeah. a boyfriend. And he was like, you hang out with those babies? And she's like, oh, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> Which I yeah. believe is dialogue Just, stripped straight from that book. Um, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is so this, this book is much more... It almost feels like a montage of babysitting stories. And then at the beginning, yes. there's the genesis of the idea. And at the end, there's the, the reconciliation of her and Watson. So this is probably the yes. least structured of the books, but I will say you, yes. this is the one book I cried in the middle of. So we got to hand oh, it to Christy's what, what great idea. You, 
What made you cry? When Christy reconciled with Watson, her soon-to-be stepfather, um, yeah. I mean, she was a real brat to him in the first yeah. uh, first part of the book, uh, to the point where, I, I mean, I don't know how a, a preteen who would be of the age group of the Babysitter's Club would react to this, but I was just, it was very much like... Uh, it's very much like reading Romeo and Juliet when you're an adult versus reading it as a kid where you're like, shut yeah. up. You guys are being so dramatic. Uh, reading Christy being a smart ass to her, her, her mother's boyfriend, Watson was just so painful. and was just so contrived, but also realistic. Like, I mean, kids are not that right. bright. So they, they come up with contrived ways to, to be hurtful to people they don't like. So yeah, they don't always understand how to express what they're feeling, which right now is risen, right. And so he brings Chinese food to yeah. the to dinner one day, and she's like, "Oh, I don't like Chinese food anymore. I'm gonna have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich." And her mom's like, "You love Chinese food. You're being a bitch." But I can't say that within the pages of this book. Um, <laughs> but eventually, like once she babysits his kids, which she had been resisting the whole book. Um, she realizes they're great. And they're also dealing with a divorce too, and a split home. And yeah. even though my parents have been together for, I don't know, I would estimate 750 years. Uh, I like somehow like it tapped into this part of my brain where I was like, Oh my God, they're coming together as a family. Um, yeah. no, that was good. And I liked it. And they, they had this, this sweet moment in the car where like Christy was like consoling, uh, the, the daughter who I think is, I'm terrible with ages, even book kids ages where it tells me explicitly how old the children yeah. are. But I think she's like maybe three or four, um, uh, Karen. Karen, um, she's sort of talking nonsense about how the family will be, uh, going forward. And Christy reassures her and then shares a knowing look with Watson. And I, I had hot eyes, Hot eyes, DJ. And you could hear her say, you could hear her say, yeah. <laughs> um, but it did feel like a um, little bit less uh, plot-driven than the rest of the books. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, the 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 basic, I, the, whole, the whole book is Christy sets up the Babysitter's Club. You know, like, I could have recapped it with that, but, like, that's... You know, she had she had to get a uh, 150 more pages out of it. Uh, <laughs> that sentence. So, so she had. There's some like babysitting vignettes that. So this was this came out in 1986, um, but it's like it's also like very you know these are very wholesome books and it it almost is more like 1956 um, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Like they're literally like going downtown for a coke, like which is like okay. Like, uh, I get that they're kids, but I'm also like, what are we, what year is this? Well, I, I mean, 80s. I did encounter that a few times where, um, it's sometimes when I watch Seinfeld these days, I'm like, oh, how many problems would be solved if someone just had a fucking cell phone? Right, <laughs> um, yeah. and I think about this, that, and this, and one, it made me feel really old to think about how life has changed since I was a child. Yeah, uh, I probably wouldn't have been the babysitter's age, but I probably would have been one of her their charges ages, which is a term these books use often enough. Yes. Where I'm like, who is yeah. what teenager is saying my charges? Like they're Captain Von fucking Trap. Um, <laughs> but uh, it did make me think about how much the world has changed and how much the internet, which is the age we live in, uh, has, has changed everything in that. I mean, 
I, I would imagine if you're living in a suburban town in the mid eighties, there is a chance you would walk down to the town square and get some candy with Charlotte and avoid the old women that run the candy store. Yeah, I guess it just seemed like it was like, and I, I don't think this is a bad thing necessarily, but it does seem like even th even throwbacky for nineteen eighty six. That might be true. That may maybe maybe so. But I do but remember. Is, you're right though. It is supposed to be a small town. It's not like they live in like a big right, and it's a small New England town as well. So I imagine it's very walkable. I remember when I lived in New York, yeah. which is not Connecticut, but which is not not Connecticut. Um, <laughs> I remember walking it's a lot. More Connecticut than Ohio. <laughs> I remember walking a lot with my family and and like sometimes, you know, nagging and being a brat to my mom to get her to buy me things at like stores in town. But I yeah. also remember that Eisenhower yeah. was president. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> we had to hide from the A-bomb. <laughs> Duck and cover, um, they said. I will say this is the first uh, to Anne Martin's credit. Um, this is when I realized that the books actually do a good job of changing voice each time. Each book is written from the perspective of a different yeah. girl. And um, I thought the books actually did a very good job of changing voice slightly. I mean, it's not overwhelmingly ridiculous, um, but I think she does a good job of like inhabiting the voice of each girl. So, it's hard for me to remember the zoo mystery one because that was the first one I read. Um, and Marianne's the most boring of the girls. Uh, but Claudia's book, I think she uses a lot more like poetic license when she's describing things, which was kind of fun. Mm. And uh, Christie's um, voice is a lot more direct, which is very much in line with her character. She's Her character is sort yeah. of bossy, bossy and, and cannot yeah. keep her mouth shut when she has something to say. Um, yeah. And this was full of like very direct declarative sentences, which was very charming. Um, and then in Stacy's Stacy's book, she's a lot more sort of dramatic in her her prose. Um, I wrote mm. down a few because this is when I finally started actually like taking note of it. But um, there were a few moments where she was like, "Oh, I'm getting off track." Like she was getting distracted by her own narrative. And then there was one moment where she was describing being at the doctor. Uh, it was a flashback sort of scene where she was describing being diagnosed with diabetes yeah. and her doctor said she could have died. And then she said, and I almost died when he said that <laughs> I was like, Oh, Stacy, <laughs> you're my least favorite. Um, and there's also like, there's moments where the there's like, it's usually just a page at a time, but they have to keep a journal, yes. um, when they, every babysitting job they have and they, they write it in, there's like fake handwriting, like on yeah. the page. And Stacy is the girl who writes with, all of her eyes have a heart as, as the title. That is true. I, yeah. I, that's the title. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, I didn't know how I felt about Stacy. Um, see, I'm bouncing all over the place. I apologize. Yeah, I know. I keep trying to talk about the first book and you've literally talked about everything, but <laughs> let me just wrap up the first book. I'm a, I'm a real we'll Claudia. I have to admit. You're such a Claudia. Um, <laughs> Let me, let me, uh, just, just, these are mostly just things that came up that made me nostalgic for child, my own childhood, just cause I remembered them. Uh, the cold we got war one of the guys one. in what <laughs> Gorbachev's, uh, birthmark, um, <laughs> another great no. one, a 90% tax rate on the, the wealthiest people in America, the AIDS epidemic, <laughs> all oh. favorites, all favorites all around, all favorites of mine. 
Uh, one of the boys in the class uh, early on does the ABC gum. Already been chewed. Classic. It's a classic. Classic. Someone understands um, their comedy elders. That's what I appreciate. Alan Gray she knows talks about his roots. <laughs> uh, at some point, somebody like is really excited about tapes and jewelry, which is like a very like tween girl thing to go to the mall and try to find tapes and basically cassette oh, tapes and jewelry. I literally what they would do. To the mall. My brain could not process what you meant by tapes. I was like, why would a girl want tape? Like adhesive tape? <laughs> Just you know, a double sided masking, babe. <laughs> babe. Uh, Bep, and at some point for for dinner they have sloppy joes and a fudge sickle, which was like pure pure eighties. I've got acid reflux uh, just from you saying that. <laughs> they get paid three dollars and fifty cents for the first uh, babysitting job, which is not, I'm not nostalgic for. But <laughs> no, there fun. was a part where uh, Stacy uh, she tries to pay for a movie theater popcorn. Uh, it was a buck seventy five, and yeah. I was like. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> she was complaining about how expensive it was in New York. I was like, go to hell. It cost me like a mortgage payment just to eat that. <laughs> I also, Christy's a bit of a tomboy and she grosses out her brothers by turning her insides, her eyelids inside out. Her insides outside in. Her insides eyelid out, uh, which is a thing that I couldn't do, but my sister would do to gross. Oh, me I out. find that gross. Um, but the only memory I have fixed to it is that Bart Simpson does it on an episode of The Simpsons, and that's what I oh, think yeah. of mm-hmm. when uh, when I imagine it. Uh, t- Christy was sort of posited as a tomboy. The only tomboy elements, though, that I got was that sometimes she wears a baseball hat. Am I missing something? That's not really. I mean, she's like assertive, bossy, whatever. But other women than that, can be I mean, bossy. Yeah, I just I, I think they just say it a lot. Okay, so it seems like you you. She also doesn't that. seem to be that interested in boys. Anne Martin, what well, do you think? Anne, she does go to the Halloween hop later on with Alan True. Gray, who seems like a douche. He's a bit of a d. Um. We also got, um, I just thought it was interesting. I thought you might want to talk about just the sort of, it's still true to an extent, but just teens and the phone, that like symbiotic relationship that we had. And I don't know if you had this, but I did, even I did it as a team, but my sister like really did. And we'd have that like long, we had the one phone that had the enormous <laughs> cord so that you could like go around the corner or up and, you know, or wherever under it was. a door. Yeah, so you could go into your bedroom. I mean, that is something. I, I mean, I remember it with my brother that he was on the phone a lot. But I am also have vague memories of my parents complaining about me being on the phone a lot. Um, yeah. So I might just be projecting onto Jason. Uh, but yeah, it is. It is. It is weird that I think about that being associated with teenagers where now you associate teenagers with texting all the time. And that everyone would be yeah. like, oh, you're calling someone? What's wrong with you? What is that? Yeah. Um, so I guess there's this need for constant communication and it's like, we'll do what we have to. We'll talk on the phone if we absolutely have to. But if I could send you an instantaneous text message, that'd be great. Um, but I remember the first time I got a text was in college and I was like, what the fuck is this? I remember I got one. <laughs> I think it was after college and I was like, what the hell? Cause I resisted getting a cell phone for so long. And when I got a text message, I was like, who is yeah. this? And Amy, my friend Amy was like, it's me. I'm texting you. <laughs> I think I called her Martin? in response to the text message. <laughs> what is this thing you just sent me? Why are me? you asking me to go to the Olive Garden? 
I got it from uh, our mutual friend, Jordan, um, texting me. But we were at the, like, music festival downtown. And so, like, River I was like, why didn't she just... Yeah, it was River Stage. And it was like, why didn't she just call me? And then it was like, because you can't hear shit on the <laughs> phone right now. And I was like, this is a perfect use case for this. And I think I spent 35 cents on, uh, you know, texting that day because they were like, whatever, five cents a piece or something. Oh, yeah, they were terribly expensive. Um, but now I just assume whenever I get a, a, a phone call that someone has died. My mother called me the other day and I was just like, here we go. <laughs> It was nothing. <laughs> for the, for the it was record, nothing, yeah. it was nothing. Yeah, Everything yeah. was fine. But every time yeah, I get a true. call, it's... I'm like, she was calling me on a Tuesday afternoon. I was like, there it is. Oh, Here boy. we go. Here we go. Yeah, it's it's funny because like there are still, and this makes me feel like a very old man, but there are some things where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to call this person because this will be over in 30 seconds. What will take me so long to type with my fat, fat thumbs. No, I mean, like, I, I, I am the same way. And, and sometimes, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's terrible. Like when I work, um, when I'm at work and uh, I'm just like going back and forth with the client or something, it's just like, I hate talking on the phone, but I'm going to call you. That's how much yeah. I don't want to keep talking <laughs> about this. When it's like, uh, if it weren't for iMessage being able to like, just type while I'm doing other stuff on my computer. I would, I would, I would text probably 10% as much just cause I, it's like usually not on my phone. I'm just like already on the computer and I'm just like that, that that's why I know I'm a 38 year old man. Oh, Hey, hold it. Hold your horses. Please. We still have to talk about how they had fondue. At the, <laughs> uh, we do have to cover that. <laughs> I'd hate to, to talk about Christie's great idea and not talk about the fact that Watson had them have fondue at some point and come up with a bunch of rules. Um, one more yes, thing. please. Before we move on, they, they address the apostrophe issue. <laughs> so that was something we've discussed, which is, it's the babysitter's club, no apostrophe. Yes. When really it depends on, you know, do the babysitters own the club? Wow. Yeah. One babysitter's club. But uh, I like, I'm just glad that they address the elephant in the room because if I went this whole, if I read four books, they never talked about the sort of punctuational situation. I don't know if I could have. If I had gone to my grave this. not having that, squared away i would have uh regretted my life um i remember i worked for a company that actually um had a plural um possessive and uh i think i insisted on it having an apostrophe s uh but i think later on i read that just uh designers do not like doing that stuff because it just looks yeah. stupid and so while yeah. technically incorrect uh sorry janine um it just it's just cleaner to not have an apostrophe. Janine is Claudia's older sister and she is exhausting. A genius, quote unquote. And by genius, I mean grammar scold. <laughs> right. I never I never saw her actually being useful, just being tedious to be around. Language evolves, Janine. <laughs> what did um, she complain? Okay, there was so something so pedantic in this first book, and I cannot remember what it was. Oh, hopeful. She was complaining about how people use the word hopeful. Oh, yeah. I'm like, fuck off, Janine. It seemed like Anne, the author, had some trouble coming up with like useful 
Pedantry. Or she really hated someone, and she just sort of like, right, yeah. oh, I'm going to put all those traits in Janine. So, okay, let's go to move on to book number two, which is Claudia and the Phantom Phone Calls. Um, I'm going to show you the cover to refresh from any no, memory, I've got and it. I'm going to have you you recap. Here you go. Thank you. Uh, oh, God. Now I'm realizing how little I remember. So, Claudia and the Phantom Phone Calls, uh, apparently there is a phantom caller uh not in Stony Brook, but in the surrounding areas, who is, yeah, um, who is calling people and then promptly robbing them, uh, stealing them of jewelry and whatnot. Calling and, and hanging up. Correct. Um, Claudia is, of course, the narrator of this book. Um, she's having trouble with her sister, Janine. Um, she's also in the process. Uh, she's also having trouble focusing on her homework. So uh, she almost got uh, her parents almost forced her to quit the babysitter's club when they found out <gasps> uh, that she was uh, falling behind in school. But she was able to convince them that she can stay in the babysitter's club. But they all sort of watch her as she does her homework. Um, She's an artist. Claudia is an artist. Um, and um, there's also a Halloween hop coming up because this is taking place in October. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, she's, she, unlike Christy and Marianne, is becoming interested in boys. She and Stacy are both interested in boys. Um, she's obsessed Ooh. with Trevor Sanborn, which I can relate to because that sounds like the type of guy I would be into. Guy who writes poetry who I would never read, but who is absolutely beautiful. Um, but but I can still use the poetry thing as like, oh, he's really interesting. I'm really interested in him because he's right. a poet. Yeah, but it's really like I'm not going to read out it, those eyes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, uh, be, the threat of the Phantom Caller looms large over this book because you know he's in the title. Um, and uh, she starts getting calls during her babysitting gigs uh, where someone calls, does not respond, and then promptly hangs up, which makes her think that the phantom caller is stalking her. Turns out there's just boys calling her uh, that are too nervous to actually uh, seal the deal and invite her to the Halloween hop. She was never being threatened by the phantom caller. She's perfectly no. safe. Um, and it turns out... Uh, based on her grandmother, aka Mimi's advice, she becomes a little bit closer to her friend, her sister Janine, who she's uh, sort of butted heads with in recent years. But they used to be friends when they were kids, and now they can be friends again. And she goes to the Halloween mm-hmm. Hop with Trevor Sanborn, the hottest slash most poetic guy in school. Uh, I'm really into this band right now. Uh, <laughs> they're called the Beatles. That is from, that is not my joke. That's from. I'm really into this poet right now. Uh, His or her name is Joyce Carol Oates. Um, (laughs) Dr. Joyce Carol Oates brothers. Uh, Ralph Waldo, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. (laughs) Um, Claudia, as, as we've mentioned, is got candy everywhere. But I just wanted to point out that she, at one point, pulls out some candy. She pulls out licorice and root beer barrels and it's like <laughs> another eisenhower era candy what's happening right now <laughs> get you some good 80s candy get you a zagnut bar <laughs> clark clark get you, great get you a zero <laughs> a chocolate um, twizzler they're disgusting something else food food related she goes on and on about the chicken divan 
at at the at, that they're serving for the hot lunch at school, and I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> My, I, I did not. I recall seeing that, and I do not have any memories of that. But I will say this about the book: um, they uh, pinpoint the exact odor of a locker, which is baloney, mm. stale baloney. Um, is the odor yeah. of a locker that you've been in for about eight months. And uh, you don't know where that odor is coming from because you don't have baloney that much. Uh, but I remember when they said that in the book, I was like, oh my God, that's exactly the smell of the lockers. <laughs> Just to answer the question, Chicken Devon, which I looked oh, up, thank you. is what we would have called Chicken Casserole, which is basically like the bastardized version, which is probably not what it originally was. It was like, Chicken breast slathered in uh, like uh, cream of mushroom soup, and then like stuff on top, and then tater baked. tots on top. Uh, it's not tater tots. It's like, let's see, this Devon was a great cook. I don't know why we don't remember her to this. Well, day. It's like broccoli. You have like broccoli and cheese, and then like breadcrumbs over the top. This sounds great. And like that sounds extremely eighties to me. <laughs> like that is something we definitely would have. So I, I guess we didn't call it that, but as soon as I saw that and I was like, Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, I will say this book is probably the one that I laughed at the most. Um, there's a whole sequence where, uh, all the babysitters become paranoid that the phantom caller is going to, um, call them yeah. and they're going to have to come up with a plan and they come up with these ludicrous codes that they cannot remember. Um, that becomes yes. sort of a running joke throughout the book, um, where, uh, if you think that the phantom caller is breaking into the house, um, not that he's called, but he's breaking into the house. You have to call one of the other girls in the babysitters club and you say, I think I've, or is it, I ha have you seen have you found my, my red, red ribbon? ribbon. ribbon yeah. And the other one says, I haven't, but I found your blue ribbon. Now I don't know why she would also need a code, but they, they had a logical yeah. reason that they needed a code on both ends. Cause he might be listening on the line, I guess. Sure. Um, uh, that one made me laugh because it did, it, it, I, I will say this, the books do a great job of um, tracking kid logic, which I think a lot of movies and books have trouble doing. Yes. A lot of times that logic, uh, that train of thought is sort of filtered through an adult's perspective. And I think these books do a good job of keeping it at the, the way a child would, oh yeah, one, two, and three. Of course, I need to come up with a, a code to prevent the Phantom Caller from killing me. Of course, I should get a boombox loaded with a tape <laughs> and attach something to the door so that if somebody opens it, it'll play loud music to warn me. But also, I will not actually close and lock the door so that the dog won't accidentally open it. That's pretty yeah. good. I, I was I enjoyed. There that. was a lot of uh, hijinks in this one. This one was a little bit zanier. Um, I also will say, I mean, as I sort of hinted at, uh, it's sort of being. Um, dismissive but also identifying that i do identify with claudia the most she's the artist of the group um she is uh a little bit out there with her fashion choices um and she also i think she writes really well about her family um she's japanese american uh she has a really touching relationship with her grandmother who later in the series dies in claudia no. and the sad goodbye or the bad goodbye i can't remember what it was oh, something fuck, claudia man. something something goodbye uh mimi passes away 
which I mean, I can only imagine how devastating it is because Mimi is set up as like this charming character throughout the entire series that we've read so far. Um, and, and to, to think that character would leave and by leave, I mean, leave this, uh, this plane of existence, uh, <laughs> um, this demi paradise, this England. As as an artist like Claudia, let me ask you a question. Yes, that's please, by all means. In my notes here: Are eggs especially difficult to paint? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you want to draw them as ovals, but they're not really ovals. You want to draw them as circles, but they're not really circles. They're sort of like a circle on one end and an oval on the other end, and you put them together, and what do you got? An egg. Are they not an oval? They're just not a perfect oval. They're not they're an like oval a, like a, a football is an oval. They they're sort they're, of, they're what you would call an egg shape. <laughs> yeah, they've got their own fucking shape. <laughs> Don't question me. Um, so she, she's making an oil painting or something. She's doing a still life. She, she's doing two paintings. She has the trouble book. with eggs. Yeah, she's doing yeah. a still life and she's doing a portrait of Mimi. And she talks to Mimi throughout that portrait painting, and Mimi gives her advice on how to reconnect with Janine. Portrait of Mimi, also uh, a great Mariah Calvin. Mariah, Mariah damn it. Calvin. It's also a great, a, a great I Mariah Carey I wish she Carey had never album. changed her name. I to, my, to this day, I still call her Mariah Carey. I don't know what's up with me, but I, I just, that's what I call her. That's what I know her as. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mariah Calvin. Um, Mariah Galbum. That's too bad because that was a good no, joke. No, sorry. Uh, I was I was seeing where you were going and I was staying <laughs> silent to let you have the have the 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 right of the the road. You know the right of the road. Let's talk about how fucking creepy it is. What these boys what do? What the fuck were there? What the Which, both of them? Both Alan Gray and Trevor. They like the girls. Uh, Alan uh, has a little crush on Chris. He wants to ask her to dance. Trevor likes. Claudia, which is reciprocated and wants to oh, big invite time, her to the big dance. time recip. And so Alan steals their Babysitters Club appointment book and finds out where they the girls are. This is stalking. This is this was stalking. very discomforting <laughs> while reading it. And finds out their number. Not only finds out their number and calls, but they're too nervous to actually follow through and ask them to the dance. But that also goes to the house where she is. Yeah. Where Christy is and like creeps around and uh, eventually gets caught by the, because she calls the police. I, this was the third, the second book I read after I read the mystery. So I was like, Ooh, more mysteries. Do they all have mysteries? I got really excited. (laughs) Um, But I was a little disappointed by the end of this where it felt like first off boys, don't do this in any situation. Second off, don't do this when there's a guy who's using the tools you're using to rob people's houses. You know that everyone's on high alert. Why would you do the thing you're doing? Yeah. It's it's all bad. It's all bad. So I felt um, a little cheated on the mystery reveal. Um yeah. I even wrote yeah, in my notes set up Alan, very well. There was I wrote in my notes Alan you son of a bitch. Yeah. Um so yeah, the mystery seemed a little bit uh far-fetched where I had to like jump through a lot of hoops to believe that anyone would do this. It's also not, yeah, it's not like set up at all. You don't get really much other than... It's not a good payoff. Claudia, yeah, other than Claudia wants to go with, to the dance. Like, I, we didn't even know who Alan Gray was. Well, I did because I he, he, was, he was a uh, main antagonist in, later in the Zoo Mysteries. Yeah. Well, not an antagonist, but, I mean, like he's, but he's being a real jack-off in that one. 
Um, but he doesn't get mentioned before this as a like solo, like they don't, we don't know anything about his character. We might have seen his name. I don't even remember, but like, he's not in the book before this. In moment. this book, he is, he is only, I only remembered him because he is mentioned so much. In, he's such a plot point in the zoo mystery book. Um, right. He's like a foil in that book. So I, rem- when I saw his name again, I was like, Oh, this fucking jackass, I got to deal with him again. Um, and also like, because I recognized his name, I was very cognizant of his relationship with Christy in this one where he seemed to be picking on her. So I picked up on, oh, he probably likes her because boys are terrible and they just like antagonize yeah. girls they're sexually attracted to and they don't know what else yes. to do. Um, but yeah, it was not a very good payoff. And I was very actually disappointed in Christy because I kind of identified with her in these first two books because she's yeah. bossy and uh, mean when she doesn't mean to be. Uh, and I was disappointed that she would have gone with to the to the dance with Alan when she, he gave her such a fucking hard time in the past two books. The truth about Stacey. Let's go. Uh, I got I got this one because I recap. It's not. This is not even a recap. I'm just going to read. <laughs> I wrote a lot on this one. The big, the big thing is like we know what Stacy's secret is, but the big uh, uh, plot point of this one is that there's a competing club called the Babysitters Agency. It's older kids; they can stay out later. They're bad kids. They hang out with the mall. They smoke. They're, they just call other sitters until they can find someone. Yeah, they smoke. They have a cigarette left cigarette holes in one of the couches. Whew. But we also get uh, Stacy tells the story about why she left New York City. Mean kids could not handle that. Uh, she never even told them she had diabetes and they like just like ignored her. She they had knew that she Nate. had health issues though, and they were still like yes. dicks to her. Yeah. She's <laughs> Stacy's babysitting a little girl named Charlotte. They were Charlotte. Uh they run into Liz Lewis, oh. one of the girls running at BSA, babysitter's agency. She's handing out balloons to advertise. Balloons, if you can believe that. Another another weird 1950s element. We advertise yeah. on balloons. I've got a I've got a zeppelin going by with our name on it. Uh, but one of their charges overhears uh, from his mom talking and said they're they're going to need older babysitters because she's about to have a new baby and yeah. they need older babysitters. Mrs. Newton. Oh mother, things are about to go go haywire. Everything's going to go shit to shot. The BSA is handing out flyers at school. Oh, flyers, another another trick. Yeah. I put I put S is getting R. This is my note. <laughs> Shit's it's, getting real. That's that's a thing that I wrote in 2015. <laughs> I was really trying to make that happen. <laughs> S is getting R. Stacy's parents plan to take her up to New York for five days to visit a holistic doctor oh, that her uncle is going to. Luckily, quack. eventually, they think that he's a quack as well, and she goes to see a real doctor. Babysitters Club wears sandwich boards <laughs> to school. <laughs> This is very throwbackish, <laughs> but don't worry. Pete Black asked Stacy to the snowflake dance. That's nice. That is sweet. She likes Pete. He seems nice. She uh, Christy gets two girls from the VSA to defect Leslie and Janet, but it turns out it turns out they're spies, Ugh. and they purposefully don't show up, making the Babysitters Club, uh, you know, get in trouble with the parents. They just had to call and apologize and well that's a big mess i tell you they had egg on their face eggs which are notoriously hard to paint yeah they get confronted later on at school they're egg shaped that's the difficulty about them they find out that the not only are these you know did they try to pull that shit on them but they also they're negligent babysitters they're watching tv doing homework they burn like we mentioned the cigarette holes on the couch shooting up heroin at one 
they they uh, decide they have to they have to do something about that because they found three year old Jamie playing in the street with no hat, no gloves, and it's winter. It's Connecticut winter, Damon. <laughs> they this puts a stop to it. The BSA their their reputation is ruined. They have a weird like child trivia contest to show them to show the BSA members they know more about the kids. It's very strange. <laughs> they threw down. Um, we kind of are flash to uh, Stacy's parents take her to this Doctor Oz guy in New York. The weird <laughs> test and stuff, but they get uh, Stacy under uh, under wraps. Make a secret appointment with a real doctor, and he's like, "Stacy's doing fine. She just don't the, do all the this. thing she needs the most stability." Yeah. yeah, stop taking her to fucking New York. But grab a black and white cookie while you're up there. Have one for yourself. Don't give it to your. Don't diabetic give it kid. to your diabetic daughter. Please do not. But let her know um, how good it tastes. Have you been to Levan? <laughs> have you been to Levan Bakery? <laughs> Don't take her. Um, <laughs> while she's up there, she gets surprised by her parents because they stay at the house of her former best friend Lane. Oh my god, Lane, Lane Cunningham. And they won't even talk to each other because Stacy feels abandoned because she thought she was weird. But they smooth it over. It turns out it was a big mus- misunderstanding. They become friends again. Lena and Stacy talk on the phone for hours later. Stacy only prattles on about herself, but this is the end of the book for some reason. I wrote. <laughs> no, actually, I was just about to say, like, this probably seemed the most piecemeal of the books that we read. Uh, I think this was my least favorite. Um, I don't know if I was colored on the um the the on Stacy's reputation by reading the latest book uh yeah. first. So I already knew that Stacy was a bitch and she betrays you saw the some cracks. You saw some cracks in the foundation. Um but it also felt like this one was like, oh, the story's gonna be about Stacy's diabetes. And I'm like, well I already know about Stacy's diabetes. And it's like, oh she goes to a lot of doctors. I'm like Okay. Uh, and then it's like, oh, and there's also this other babysitters club agency. And I'm like, now I'm invested. And they're like, but she yeah. also still has to go to a lot of doctors sometimes. I'm like, out of it again. And then it's like, she goes to New York and I'm like, she has this scheme with one of her charges parents who is a doctor. And she like pulls some strings to get her uh, an appointment with a really good doctor who has a focus on diabetes rather than this quack. And, and that's it. And while she's there, she has this like, come to Jesus moment with Lane, her former best friend when she lived in, in, in New York. And I was like, oh, okay, we're really going to get to some stuff here. And then like, it's not, it's not even really a thing. Like Lane's yeah. like, look, I'm sorry. I didn't understand what was going on. And Stacy at one point is like, why did you say those things? And Lane's like, I don't know. And then by like half a page later, they're like talking like old friends again. I'm like, why is this included here? Why is this this why is this in this story? There is some truth to the very fragile nature of uh of young friendships like that. True. You know what I yeah. mean? Not I don't know how like, you know, the di- I'm not saying the dialogue is spot on or anything, but just like we're never talking again. We're best friends. <laughs> like it just kind of No, that is true. I mean, that is true to life. I will hand it to Amy and Martin on that. But it just felt and, like, why is the God damn it? Disrespect. That's why. I really want my friend from college, Amy Martin, to <laughs> these books. I bet she does too. <laughs> She'd be laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> um, credit to Ann M. Martin. That is very true to life. But it just felt like 
It just felt like a Judd Apatow movie where you're like three quarters <laughs> of the way in and all of a sudden he throws another plot point in. And I'm like, look, guys, we're wrapping this up. In any other yeah. movie, th- we'd be at the denouement where Seth Rogen apri- uh, apologizes to Katherine Heigl and we're over it. We don't need a, a mushroom <laughs> trip with Paul Rudd, no matter how charming Paul Rudd is. We don't need <laughs> this scene here. So that's how it felt like this. It was just felt tacked on because there was nothing it definitely else to seems do. like, And it just so, should have worked get- itself out. There's definitely a page requirement for these books. She had to get a... Oh, she was hitting that 168 mark every time. 168, 168, 168. Yeah, I think think she had to get to like some amount close to that. And then she stuck to it. So it seems like most of these required... It didn't require her editing down to get to that (laughs) moment, if you know what I mean. Yes. At first, the... the, Stacy gives an example of why these kids are bad kids. Now they do actually turn out to be bad kids. <laughs> they're negligent babysitters and they yeah. burned cigarette holes in the couch. Don't sm- also like who is smoking inside and thinking they can get away with that. You open a window. At least. I guess that's everything sort of smelled like cigarettes already. Even yeah. if you hadn't smoked in the house for like five yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. But this, these are the examples she gives. They sass teachers, they hate <laughs> school and they hang out at the mall. And I was like, I don't think those things add up to bad kids. Those add up to kids. <laughs> yeah. They do have a do pretty good job of explaining diabetes. Almost too good. Uh, it almost becomes, yeah. I mean, I think this was part of the, the purpose of the book, but it becomes a little yes. after school special about it. Stacy says the diabetes several times, which I enjoyed. Oh, like she's uh Wilford Brimley. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ever since I have the diabetes. Um, and there were a few instances where it felt like, and this might also be uh, padding to 168 pages, but like she goes to the candy store with her charge, Charlotte, uh, who has my favorite line in the book that I'll reveal later. Um, but she goes oh. with Charlotte to a candy store because they walk downtown because that's something to do with your babysitter. Um, and... <laughs> they go to a candy store. They go for the explicit purpose of going to this candy store. And then Stacy realizes the time. It's like 430. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe what I almost did. You can't have any candy. It's too close to dinner. And like takes her out. I'm like, what the fuck kind of shit is this? You walk this girl all the way to a candy <laughs> store and then said, sorry, bitch, we're not having any. <laughs> also, I want to say for the record, um, based on the stories my mom has told me about me being a child, Babysitter who watches TV wants absolutely nothing to do with me and just puts cigarettes out on the love seat is exactly the type of babysitter I would have wanted. <laughs> My mom, and this may have been in the first half of this uh, first half of this episode. I don't know. It was 2015. It was a different time. But my mom told me when she would have people over to the house, um, they'd be like, where is your son? Um, and she's like, I don't know. She's baby son. She's uh, right. Because the thing about Jason is Jason would be like doing a tap dance routine. Like whenever right. people were at the house, like, look at me. Uh, and so they're like, where is your baby son? The one we'd actually want to hang out with. Uh, and she's like, I don't know. And they'd like go to my room and I'd be playing with blocks. And I imagine it like, like a creepy, so like the shining yeah. thing where I'd be playing blocks and just like slowly turn my head and be like, <laughs> can I help you please? And they're like, Oh, he's just in here alone talking to no one. Let's leave him alone. Uh, I was very, uh, fine on my own as a kid. Uh, my mom told me that she would put me down for naps and put me down in my crib and then come back like half an hour later. And I'd be sitting in the exact same position waiting. 
waiting for someone to come get me. So fucking weird. (laughs) I was absolutely fine being by myself. So yeah, Cindy, put out cigarettes. Who gives a shit? Just leave me the fuck alone. Do all these babysitting gigs seem like super short and last minute. Like in all these books, they're always like they call at five. So first of all, the babysitters club meeting is for 30 minutes, three days a week, which is uh, okay. Um, and then it also speaks like, to the time that it would be like, right. You have to call at this very specific moment. Otherwise we yeah. won't be here. And otherwise Claudia will take all the jobs for herself. Yeah. Which she does keep doing. Uh, but they're like, uh, I need a sitter this afternoon. Like seven or whatever, <laughs> like for fifteen minutes. It did seem odd. I'm I mean, going to the. I'm going to the to the theater. We're like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did notice that a lot, and I don't know if that was just. I mean, I feel like sometimes you didn't hear the initial phone call for a lot of the babysitting gigs they had, so yeah. I guess we only heard the last minute phone calls where it's like, oh my god, my husband has tickets to the opera. We have to go right That's now. True. Um, That's true. Yeah, I mean that the emergency opera situation that we all run into. It happens more often than you'd think. More <laughs> happens more often than you'd think. A lot of people, a lot of troops are putting on Verdi operas in the town square, and you just gotta get there. And someone's gotta watch Jamie. I tell you, cats breaks out in my living room <laughs> several times a week, and I have to shoo them out. It's it's disturbing. Mr. Mistopheles, I swear, I know what you're doing. You're rubbing your tail on <laughs> the curtains. Out. If you're not gonna show me the butt edit. The butthole edit? I don't care. Mr. Deuteronomy, no. I have like a water bottle. Mungo Jerry. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta say. Yes. You don't see you don't see sandwich boards enough anymore. <laughs> see, I sometimes confuse them with the the old timey depression era barrels with suspenders. Well, it's a similar aesthetic. No, I true. Uh, sandwich boards, you know, you do miss them. I think the last time I saw them was in Die Hard 3 when a racial slur was printed on one. Um, but I think we replaced them with the sign twirling. Ooh, That's I the do modern like day. That. I do yeah. like a sign twirl. Because where else are 17-year-olds going to get gigs like that? Well, they could be babysitting. Yeah. They could stay up to um, midnight sometimes. Do you have uh, do you anything else no, you want to say? You have your favorite line. What was your favorite oh, line? My favorite that you line. Um, this was uh, very much like sandwich boards and candy stores. Uh, at one point, uh, Stacy is uh, visiting Charlotte, who's sort of a very bright kid who doesn't get along with a lot of her kids, uh, a lot of her uh, classmates. Um, Charlotte. Um, is sad and Stacy's trying to investigate why. Now Charlotte had just been watched by one of the the girls at the babysitting agency. Agency. Um, uh, Stacy's like, "Why are you so sad?" And Charlotte says, "Do you just do this for the money?" That's what Cindy said at the babysitting agency, or something to that effect. And Stacy said, "Well, yeah, I do get paid for my time here, but remember these other things we did? I invited you, and that wasn't for the money. I wasn't babysitting you then." And she lists all these things. And uh, Charlotte rushes to hug her and says, "My favorite line, which is, I'm sorry I was cross." <laughs> I'm like, "Are you a child? Or are you a, a Edwardian grandmother? Like, what are you talking about? You sound like a Dowager Countess from Downton Abbey. It's ludicrous that a child would say, "I'm sorry, I was cross." Yeah, it's a very, uh, it's pretty throwbacky. Um, okay, you get to recap Uh-oh. Marianne and the Zoo Mystery. 
first off, thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. So, uh, Marianne, naturally, is the narrator of this story. She's in a long-term sexual relationship with Logan. Uh, <laughs> He's from Louisville. Um, Logan's from Louisville, or she is? Yeah, Logan. Um, now, Marianne... That's why he's got a southern accent. I, oh, I didn't know he had a southern accent. Yeah. Oh, totally Logan. Wait, he's 13. Strike that. I the record. <laughs> just finished this one today, by the way, so this one's fresh. Oh, okay. Uh, so, Mary, this is after Marianne uh, resolved her issues with her father, who is very strict in the other three books we read, but apparently now allows her to get a bob haircut and wear... We have skipped, like... Five years of oh, books yeah, it's at this like point. Oh, yeah, hundred years after this. Yeah, yeah. Apes yeah. rule the planet, and Marianne can get her hair cut short. What year? Hold on, let's see. I don't how, think they take that. I mean, these first three books, they're they're within like three no, months of each other. Yeah, this is this is nine years later. Oh, this is really? 1995. Yeah, but I mean, it's written in 1995. But is it nine years in the series? No, no, no. no. It's like maybe a year later. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Marianne and the rest of the team, uh, they have a huge science project where they have to observe an animal for a certain amount of time and then write a, a report on the, the animal's daily comings and goings. Um, and a lot of them take the opportunity to go to the zoo, which is like, that allows them free entry. This is the first book I read. Um, and while they're they they observe they're lumped into groups. Marianne gets teamed with Alan Gray, notoriously near duel of the yeah. of the class, and some Howie? of Howie. Howie, yes, Howie, also a class clown. Have no patience for that. Um, and her boyfriend Logan is on the other team, but he has some sort of uh, competitiveness, some animosity with Howie and Alan. So it causes a lot of strain with Marianne, who has trouble expressing herself. She's the shyest of the Babysitters Club group. Um, but anyway, uh, she with her team decides they're all going to do different animals. She's going to watch uh, some sort of bird. One of them is going to watch me. Right. She's going to watch an emu. Uh, one of them is going to watch the seals and one of them is going to watch um, bears, the bears. They're, what is it called? Fur, fin and feathers. Yes. Is the title of the report. They come up with the title first, which is a very Damon move. Like come up with the, <laughs> the most clever thing first and we're just going to hang a bunch of shit on there and hope that people <laughs> don't notice. Um, but while she's watching the emu, she realizes... Uh, Oh, no, wait. She watches the emu successfully and she finds it very boring. Um, but the next day, the emu is released from its pen. Now, no one gets hurt. I know what you're thinking, DJ. No one gets hurt. Emus are very dumb. The emu's okay? Okay. Um, but then the next day, what gets next? Oh, a giraffe gets loose the next day. Giraffe gets loose, but they get and it back. And they like, get it back into the what have you. Um, now, keep in mind, there are these fancy gorillas on loan at the zoo. They speak from the San Diego language. zoo. You think it's going to be a plot point, but it really isn't. And the, the girls start to suspect that maybe whoever's releasing all these animals is leading up to these gorillas because there are two tourists at the zoo, two identically dressed, uh, older man and woman, uh, who are going around to different exhibits and pricing out some of the animals and what it would cost to keep them suspicious but they're Very. also uh the zoo um director do you remember her name mm -hmm. this is walcott 
She has a weird right. name. It's like it's a very new new, uh, new England name. I feel like that's why I want to say Walcott, but that might all Wafty. be a Vampire Weekend song, which is why I associate it with New England. It's Wafsy. Wafsy. Um, and she has an assistant, Mr. Crenshaw. Chester. Exactly what I said. Mr. That's Chester. what I said. I don't know why you interrupted me. Um, now, they're becoming concerned that someone's going to try and release these gorillas because that's the that's the, the sweetest plum of this zoo. Um, so they decide to lay a trap to find out who's doing it. And lo and behold, it's Mr. Chester, the molester. And he would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you pesky kids. They tried to pull off his mask, but it was just his face because he wasn't. They alive. literally do two of the people that work for Mrs. Ms. Wavsi actually oh, dress yes. up like gorillas and trick him. <laughs> it is very Scooby Dooish at the end. Yes, the, and if you've ever seen anyone in a gorilla costume, the it fact does that not that look like a real gorilla. Tricked by that is ludicrous. Especially someone who works at a zoo. It's not like one of the kids or somebody right. who's like vaguely familiar with gorilla. This guy is like clearly some sort of animal expert, even though he's a dastardly villain. That's ridiculous. And he doesn't go to uh, prison either. They're like, no, he just, all you have to do is vow to never work for a zoo again. I'm like, yeah, I'll, if I was a villain, I would vow left, right, and center not to work for a zoo. And I mean, apply to work at another zoo. Fuck off. This is the one where just right off the bat, Marianne coming in hot with the character names. This is the one that is very much like, like you mentioned, like a book of Genesis. It's very much like from Isildur to the Northeast <laughs> comes the horse girl, junior officers. Yeah, there were so many people. And I was just like, wow, this is just going on and on. It was just naming, it was naming babysitters and then all the kids they babysit and then naming the next babysit. Yeah. And all their talents and all the kids they babysit. And I was like, and then when I got to the earlier books, I was like, oh, I guess this is a tradition, but it becomes yeah. really unwieldy in these later books because there's a the convention so of these books is that they, it's like the, what's the, the story game where you have to like add on to whatever the person said before. <laughs> So like, yeah. but it's like at some point, like if those people aren't in really in any way, shape or form impacting the story, do you really need to name them? Yeah. Like it's, it become very distracting. Uh, I mean, the, really, yeah, so the only thing I need to know is that Jesse, oh, the, one of the junior officer babysitters knows sign language and her charge, yes. a term we're just using, uh, Matt is deaf and that's how she learned sign language and he well i mean i would i would question whether this actually plays into the plot but because these uh, these gorillas on loan no asl he was going to sign with them not that, that leads yeah. to any useful information it's a bit of a red herring much like communism but uh, <laughs> I, guess, I guess it was supposed to lead us. I guess I was assuming that someone who is delivering food was the one who was doing it. Because every time he asked the gorillas, do you know who let the emu out of their cage? They would respond with food. Yeah. First and of all. Like, oh, it's whoever's delivering food. But Mr. Chester and Molester never delivered food. And why would a gorilla know what an emu is? <laughs> Like what? Well, if he, that's true. Especially why would he, he wouldn't know their names? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, it was, but yeah. The, um, have you ever been to, have you ever had a school project introduced in the fashion that this school project was introduced? 
No, it's very elaborate. They dress up, they like play secret Asian man over the loudspeakers and dress up like in fedoras and trench coats and then reveal a very whole school assembly to do it too. It was, it seemed like a lot of fun, but no. Yeah, it seemed like a lot of fun, but I was like, this is a school in make-believe. The teachers yes. are tired, and they want to go home, and they make $13,000 a year <laughs> in 1986. 13000 plus they have to buy all these props that they... Right, exactly. They have to buy a gorilla for you. Yeah. <laughs> we get this halfway through this. It's literally... page. So this is 160-whatever pages. It's literally page 70 before we get to the mystery. I remember because I looked like it's, we do not know the mystery yet. Like nothing is let out of the pens until 70 pages into this book, almost halfway in. Right. Uh, and I still kept waiting to find a body, but that never happened. I guess I have a very uh, unfortunate. limited scope of what mystery means. Um, I do. Uh, I, yeah, it took a while before someone was released out of there, mostly because I had to figure out who all the babysitters and the junior officers in the babysitters club were. Yeah. But um, you also, uh, there. I, I remember there was like a weird lead up. There was a lot of little clues that I guess if you read enough mysteries like me, I was like, well, I guess I got to commit this to memory. Something's up with these fucking keys that uh, yeah. there's like yeah. this plot point where what was her name? Mrs. Wolfsey has a, she has a, a skeleton key, a master key to all the pens in the, in the zoo. She makes sure to point out that their fake keys that just give them information at the kiosk are identical to her key. It's why like, would, okay. All right. Why would that need to be other than a plot point? Why would that need to be the case? Why do you need a key for those? It's not like it's the most famous key in the world. Who cares? Why would you mind? Why would you mimic the, the zoo director's key for a bunch of kids plastic keys. Oh, it was so it was so good news though. Red siren emoji. It's another red herring though, so don't worry about it. No, at some point it gets mixed up with other people's stuff. It does get mixed up, but it doesn't matter. They never use it. Oh, all they all they know is that because Mr. Chester uh, has his own key. Because yeah, he had his own key. So they do kind of use it to narrow the suspect, but like not really. Also, I have another I have another note that has nothing to do with how this book was written or the story within, but this book smells. It smells <laughs> like perfume. Uh, that's my fault. That was supposed to be a love note for you. That's uh that's a risk of buying a used book at the used bookstore is what where do you think I bought it from a fancy French woman. She had a powdered wig on. <laughs> Well, for one thing I wanted to note, I don't know what's going on with Christy at this point, but she apparently is in a relationship with a man named, or not a man, a boy named Bart Taylor. And it it took me out of the book because it says Christy is, uh, hangs out with Bart Taylor a lot, or is boyf- uh, her boyfriend's name is Bart Taylor, though she'd never call him that. And I was like, mm. what do you two do? If you're not boyfriend, girlfriends, what are you casual, like casually dating? Like even if your boyfriend and girlfriend in, in in when you're 12 and 13, you're just literally just hanging out between classes. It's not like you're actually doing anything. Damn it. I quote early Facebook profiles when I say it's complicated. <laughs> A lot of the old over the clothing action. <laughs> also, this book but I ends... like to keep no strings attached. I rub sweaters <laughs> with a lot of people. <laughs> I can tell I can smell it in this book. <laughs> uh <laughs> This oh, book literally ends with 
not. That's why I was just about to bring that up. It ends with not. And I very 1995. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this was, uh, I think because it's so a plot driven, whereas the other ones I wrote down that I feel like the, the, the main books sort of follow a sitcom beat. Like you can, I mean, the fact that it's being turned into a Netflix sort of episodic thing makes perfect sense because it feels very much like a nineties sitcom where you can hop in at any point, sort of get the gist of all the characters together. And there's like an A plot and there's a B plot. There might be a C plot and that's about it. Like, yeah, there's not a lot of um, it's not like Harry Potter where I got to keep track of like what happened in book two and book three. Uh, The book will go out of its way to let me know anything that happened in previous books. This is the most plot driven one. It doesn't really like make their characters all that more interesting. It's very plot focused rather than the other ones, which are a little bit more character focused. So this one it's hard to remember it because it's the first one I read and I probably shouldn't have started with this one because it's such an outlier of the rest of the ones we read. Yeah. And it is from a different line of books. It's literally yeah. the mystery series. So it's definitely part of it. It's, you know, it's part of it, but it's also like a, its own thing. Are you ready to move on to the verdict? Yes, I am. Facebook. Okay, let's go. Damon Xanthopoulos, I have a question for you. Please. Which babys- cl- Babysitter's Club member are you? I feel like I've already answered this. I am a Claudia through and through. Yeah. True blue. I think I'm a Christy. You do have that little baseball hat that has an embroidered collie on it that you wear. It's true. I love it so much. Okay. Now, the real question. What is your verdict? Uh, I kind of really like these books. I think they're great books for young girls. I think um, uh, they're charming. Um, They're funny at times. They're touching at times. Uh, I think Anne M. Martin uh, does a really good job. Uh, I think she went into this wanting to write about uh, girls that she would recognize from her childhood. And I think she does a really good job of really creating realistic girls. One of the things I liked is that you didn't have these archetypes, these like really um, over the top archetypes. So like this one's the dumb one. This one's the bookish one. This one's the spotty one. Um, You just had, you had like Stacy and Claudia who you could totally understand being sort of clicky together because they had matured a little faster and they were a little bit boy crazy. Uh, Yeah. And I, I really loved that there was sort of this divide in the Babysitter's Club between the ones who who were still on the girlish end of things and the ones who had sort of matured into their teenage years. I think that's a very specific like time in yeah. your mm-hmm. childhood when... Um, some people are still like playing with their toys and some people are like moving on to other like more teenage and adult things. Um, and I really like that I feel like we see a lot of like media that is for girls presented by men. And you could tell that this was some created for girls by 
another girl. And right. I think there was a lot of stuff that was throwback stuff that like belied the fact that Anne probably was babysitting in the 1960s. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I think there was a lot of stuff in there that I found really charming and I feel like is very unique to this series. Um, and I think it's kind of a travesty that I know of the Babysitter's Club, but the Babysitter's Club has not entered into the general zeitgeist in a way that more boy-centric things have entered into the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of uh, charming things in here, and I feel like every girl I know who I've talked to about the fact that we're doing these have like specific memories about the Babysitter's Club. We were even talking to LT, friend of the show, um, when I mentioned... I made a joke about Marianne and Logan, and she's like, oh, that's a relationship. That's a big relationship in the series. And I was like... Okay. <laughs> Please, first off, back off. Um, <laughs> You're hurting me. <laughs> um, so I don't know. There, there was part of me that I, 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 did, I mean, they're written for a very specific age, um, so I wasn't like super into them. Um, but I think they're really w- well written, and I think it's kind of uh, it belies the fact that we live in a sexist society. The Babysitters Club yeah. is sort of like. Uh, cordoned off as like oh this is girl shit don't worry about it uh but we're all going to talk about the fucking avengers until you know lights out right <laughs> yeah part of part of the the sort of nerd culture becoming mainstream but it's still like that it's all of it did shit. yeah it all didn't get to come not that this is nerd shit but it's more like hey, tween girls i know a lot about diabetes i know a lot of the the ins and outs of diabetes Thanks yeah stacy no, I agree. I thought these were these were pleasant. I mean, obviously, like being a uh, someone who has advanced past the sixth grade reading level, uh, very bragging. I'm still working on it. I know, I know. I'm no, only uh, five years to read these. They're they're you know they're nice like breezy read, but it was also like I I liked the characters. I like the I thought some of like the babysitting stuff was like. Uh, when I got bored of the sort of actual babysitting, I was kind of like, DJ, you're reading a book called The Babysitter's Club. Maybe <laughs> it's on you. Maybe maybe that's on you. And uh, the only one that the funny funny thing is like the one that most got on my nerves was the last one we talked about, the the mystery, because it felt like just kind of a mess. And part of the reason it felt like kind of a mess was because they had so much more to recap because they had nine years of these books to sort of kind of sift through to like, but it was like, I don't think you need to do all that. But at the same time, I still managed to hit a couple character beats, but I think you were, you hit the nail on the head where that was the least interesting one, even though it was the most happening as far as like a plot. Cause it was like a true mystery. Whereas like the phantom phone calls was like the proto mystery, you know, it was like eventually this is beca- going to become the mystery series, but it really is like, just a babysitter's club book that has a mystery element to it, you know? But- yeah, I can definitely see. I mean, it's almost like a, um, I kept thinking about, because I kept mostly, cause I kept making jokes like I'm a Claudia, I'm Marianne. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of sex in the city, how like there were these archetypes that people would sort of latch onto and say, Oh, I'm this, I'm that I'm this person. I'm that person. I'm Miranda. I'm a, uh, Samantha. Is that someone on <laughs> sex in the city? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I can see that probably happening with babysitters club as well, where you identify with one of them and those are the one that's the person you want to read about. Yeah. Um, 
But I can also see how like these these girls are all written in a, like a realistic way where you would feel like uh, you know they were the, your friends that you you felt like um, diving into this was like a little bit of like comfort food. Like a, yeah, a, I'm like a, I kind of want to find out what happened between uh, Christy and Stacy, and then uh, oh, and I really find out. I mean they they kind of really recap it. Yeah, they kind of recap it, but I also want to get into like how they resolve because I'm sure eventually they resolve it one way or another. But um, it's also good. Like I think that's you know uh, they don't completely shy away from conflict, although they do tend to resolve it within the pages. Other than that, sometimes you know, it resolves itself a little too. Yeah, it's a little too quickly. But you know that's you know it, it's as you mentioned, it's very episodic. They try to cut. They they tie up a lot, most of the loose ends um, by the time the book's over. But yeah, I thought it was good. Urine child's not an idiot. Yeah, your your child's not an idiot. Good job. I don't know why anybody was mad about Babysitter's Club. Yeah, fucking back off. Stop it. What do you think, everybody? Why don't you email us? Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. You can call us at 615-576-0525. Leave us a message. We'll play it on the show. Um, you can find us on all the social medias. We're at Y-I-C-I-A-I on Twitter. We're at your inner child is an idiot on Instagram. Uh, Damon has a Twitch stream, stream where you can watch him draw in real time. <coughs> Oh shit! Is I got true stream. Yeah, <laughs> that's not true, but I think that should be true. Uh, we'll work on that. And everything. Follow us on Instagram. Really, that's where you want to go because we uh, Damon has amazing drawings. And uh, thank you to uh, Sarah Shepard who's been helping us with our uh, social media. I want to thank uh, Russ Weaver for the use of his song "Top of Two for our ad music. Um, we've also got. Uh, some fun things over on patreon.com. Okay. Uh, I want to thank our current patrons, including Kevin from Cleveland. The Zesty. The supreme ruler of this podcast. T. Smith. Primordial Burrito. Little Flick. Lindsay Nell. Larissa Maestro. Karen Curd. Just Cuz. Joshua Nicholson. Jonathan Day. Jeremy Powlin. Jacob Grimm. His Honor, the Mayor. Dramatically placed hot dog. Dan McIntyre. Demons Australian accent. <laughs> Christina Brooklyn. Oh, now so I wanted I wanted to do an accent too. Uh, sure. Thank you guys so much. We we really appreciate uh, you helping support the show. If you want to support the show like them, patreon.com slash your an idiot or just go to your idiot.com. I'm going to go ahead and read my favorite passage from uh, <laughs> Marianne and the Zoo Mystery to take us out. Please. Mrs. Wolfsey nodded. All right, <laughs> folks, she announced. On with the show. She dimmed the lights, turned up the volume, and hurried to talk to the guard. What is it, Mike? One of the gates in the primate enclosure, the Gibbons Gate, the guard whispered. <laughs> Why am I reading it like it's Charles Dickens? Or <laughs> the Gibbons Gate. Goodbye, gorilla.